What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Be Shafe Daily. My name is Brennan Schaefer, back with you here on Monday, July 5th, following the holiday weekend. Hope everybody out there had a good 4th of July. I certainly did. And if you hear it in my voice a little bit tonight, yes, I did attend the Sticks concert out in O'Fallon, Missouri last night. It was a blast. And needless to say, I uh, lost a little bit of my, my vocal prowess in the process. But that's not going to keep us tonight from talking some Cardinals baseball as the Cardinals got back in the win column after a difficult weekend against the Colorado Rockies out in Denver. They dropped three of four to the Rocks, but then they go on to face a more competent team in the Giants in the first game of the series out there in San Francisco on Monday, and the Cardinals get it done. 5-3 winners over San Francisco, and this is despite the fact that for about seven innings tonight, Kevin Gausman was tremendous, no hitting the Cardinals. It seemed like it was going to be another one of those nights where the offense unable to get very much done and waste a potentially strong start from somebody on their side as Kwon Young Kim was as good as we've seen him so far this season tonight, if I do say so. Seven innings, three hits, zero earned runs, a couple of walks, just two strikeouts, but that is typically when Kim is at his best, is when he's pitching to weak contact, able to be more efficient because of that. I think I saw a tweet from Derek Gould tonight that mentioned there was a 12-pitch span in which KK retired seven batters. So you get seven outs and 12 pitches, you figure you're probably going to have a relatively efficient night on the mound. And that was the case for KK. 89 pitches, 58 strikes over the course of seven shutout innings. And he ends up qualifying for the win because of the Cardinals finally getting to Gossman there in the seventh as a Cy Young candidate really this season has been Kevin Gaussman, even after today's game, giving up a couple of runs over seven innings. His ERA is still 1.74. He has certainly turned his career around from sort of journeyman starter, I would say, a couple of years ago to somebody who is certainly looking like he'll get some Cy Young votes at the end of the season if he continues to pitch the way that he has. And he gave the Cardinals fits, certainly, for the majority of this game, but it was Matt Carpenter coming through with a huge two RBI triple there in the seventh inning to kind of break through after earlier in the inning, Nolan Arnado was able to get the first hit of the night for St. Louis because that was no guarantee up until that point that the Cardinals wouldn't be no hit. But if you're able to turn things around from a situation in which you're, you're no hit into the seventh and you end up putting together five runs, scoring runs in each of the last three innings of the game, two in the seventh, one in the eighth, and then a couple more in the ninth that ultimately proved to be pretty critical as Alex Reyes comes in in the ninth inning despite the fact that by the time he entered the game, it wasn't a safe situation. Cardinals closer has been pretty much lights out so far this season. Got to talk about the fact that he was named to the All-Star team over the weekend. A big honor for Reyes and a testament to the the perseverance and dedication that he's had working his way back from various injury situations and able to persevere and make it to this point where he's an all-star caliber closer for the Cardinals this season and definitely a well-earned honor for him to be representing the Cardinals along with Nolan Arenado who will be in the starting lineup for the National League next week's all-star game out in Denver. But this night it was Alex Reyes pitching with a four-run lead when he comes into the game, so not a safe situation 
lot of times it seems like closers when they get into spots that aren't that three runs or fewer lead in the ninth inning, it, things can sort of spiral for whatever reason. It began to do that a little bit tonight for Reyes. Gives up a couple of runs in that ninth inning, but he was able to work through it, get around two base hits and a walk that he issued. ERA balloons up a little bit to 1.52 for the season, but Alex Reyes does get the job done in that situation. People asking why would he be in that situation pitching despite the four-run lead after he had worked in the game yesterday on Sunday. Cardinals lose that in walk-off fashion. couple of walk-off hits for the Rockies to down the Cardinals during that series in Denver. And Reyes gave up the, the walk-off base hit on Sunday, and so he had just pitched. Why would he be back into a game when it wasn't even a safe spot? Well, it was a safe situation when Reyes was warming up in the ninth inning before the Cardinals tacked on a couple more runs. And so you figure at that point he was already getting loose, getting hot, pretty much the way the Cardinals count their pitcher usages. That's going to count as a day of use for him anyway. So you might as well get him in the game when he, in theory, gives you the best chance to solidify a much-needed win on Monday against a, a Giants team that somehow, some way, has been really good this season. I mean, they entered this game tonight on Monday, 23 games above 500. You look up and down their lineup, if you don't look at the numbers, just look at the names, you're thinking, how in the heck, no offense, is this team as good as they've been? Obviously getting some good pitching and Kevin Gausman part of that. Gausman pitched really well on Monday, but just offensively, I mean, I know you've got Brandon Crawford having a career year. Like, he was never a stud hitter, and this season has kind of turned into that OPS of 879. And I know they've gotten contributions as well from Buster Posey kind of throwing it back. He wasn't in the lineup tonight. But like Darren Ruff, Wilmer Flores, Donovan Solano, you know, just looking at the names in this lineup, you're like, man, I, I'm not blown away necessarily by this group. But they've been able to do. They've been able to get the job done. You can't argue with 22 games above 500, as we're just over the halfway mark of the season. Giants are a legitimate opponent, and for the Cardinals to be in a situation where it looked kind of same old, same old, offensively for the first six innings of this game, to then be able to put up five runs over the final third of the ball game, come away with a, a five to three win. That's good to see from the Cardinals. Only positives to discuss tonight when you're able to get the offense going. Like, sure, you'd like to be able to more consistently do it against a team starter, but you knew coming in that Gosman, the kind of year that he's had, it was going to be a difficult task for the Cardinals' offense to be able to to get much done against. And you know what? At the end of the day, Matt Carpenter does end up coming through. Big swing, hits one out into the left center field gap, which is interesting because that's Opposite field for the left-handed swinging Carpenter. And so good to see some power the other way for him. Even if it doesn't leave the yard, ends up being a huge swing that puts the Cardinals on top. Carpenter, nice night at the dish. One for two, a couple of RBIs, and a bases on balls. So 182 batting average. I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I thought it wouldn't be long before we'd see him get over that 200 hump. Still hasn't happened. He kind of cooled off a little bit offensively, but... Big swing tonight for the Cardinals. They don't win the game without his contributions in this one. Elsewhere in the Cardinals lineup, Nolan Arenado seeming to be getting going a little bit. He had a nice day going two for four at the plate. Dylan Carlson still pretty much entrenched in that leadoff spot. Got on base with a couple of walks, but no hits 
tonight for Dylan. Goldsmith continuing to raise the OPS up now to 744, which a little bit higher than he had been doing, and, and hopefully for the Cardinals' sake, that'll continue. Yadier Molina, I think, uh, needs to be probably moved down a little bit in the lineup the way he's swinging the bat. 0 for 4 with three strikeouts tonight. You rarely see Yadier Molina when he's going like he ought to be strike out three times in a game. He hit cleanup for tonight. Mike Schilt, understandably, just trying to move things around to find the spark that can get things going for this Cardinals offense. Tonight it was trying Molina batting fourth. Edmund in the five-hole. Edmund did a nice job, two for four tonight, scoring a couple of runs for the Cardinals. But, yeah, with Yachty, I feel like you could continue to find him some days off to keep him as fresh as he can be, like he didn't get the start. On Sunday, that was an Andrew Kisner game, but at the same time, you come back, put him in the cleanup spot, and he goes 0 for 4. It's just not quite been there for him offensively, really starting in the entire month of June, and and has kind of carried on. Since then, for Molina, obviously, he's a guy who wants to be in there every day, but I think at this point, at his age, if he's not producing offensively, it's okay to be willing to give him some days off his feet in order to hopefully have him down the stretch when the Cardinals are going to be playing some important games, you'd like to think. But that's just a little bit of a side note in what was otherwise a very successful game for the Cardinals, getting the win 5-3 to three on Monday. And now you should have Adam Wainwright going on Tuesday in that series. And so potential for the Cardinals to be able to stack a couple of wins here against a really good opponent. Normally you wouldn't be counting on these games against the Giants as likely wins I I would have said looking at the pitching matchup coming in to this one on Monday you wouldn't have had a whole lot of hope for the Cardinals to be able to pull that one out if for no other reason than figuring they wouldn't get much done against the starter they didn't but then they continued to tack on against the bullpen which was really important but if you look at Tuesday's pitching matchup Wainwright against Johnny Cueto that's a classic one between two veterans Cardinals obviously have a history and a lot of familiarity with Mr. Cueto from his time with the Cincinnati Reds in particular, Cueto's having a decent year, 6-4 and four, ERA right at 4.00. Wayno has been really strong of late, 6-5 and five with a 3.49 ERA and 96 strikeouts on the season. Wainwright with a good chance to eclipse the 100 mark in his next outing on Tuesday, and that'll be an 8.45 start as far as the central time zone is concerned. So back to staying up late for the late-night baseball, but... For the Cardinals fans that do so, hopefully they end up getting rewarded with a good performance as they were on Monday. I feel like we got to talk a little bit more about Kwon Young Kim, who really behind Wainwright has been the the primary starter to be able to win healthy, get through his outings, and, and give the Cardinals a good chance to win. Best we saw him, though, on the season was in this game on Monday. When you get seven innings, you pitch efficiently the way that he did. That can form a nice little one-two punch with him and Wayno at what I now consider to be the top of the Cardinals starting rotation. You just cross your fingers and hope that you'll be able to get Jack Flaherty back at some point and get him back the way that he was pitching early in the season before he had the oblique injury. Uh, Cardinals recently put him on the 60-day injured list, but there's really no newsworthiness to that other than the fact that he officially can't come back, backdating 60 days from whatever that injury was, which happened at the end of May anyway, and we've already known he's going to be out until August, and so that's not really anything that changes his trajectory or timeline. If you saw that news over the weekend, 
I think it makes a lot of sense. You, you basically save a 40-man roster spot, and so that's the reason that you go ahead and do that. More of a procedural move for the Cardinals than anything to do with an update to Flaherty's recovery. But Cardinals get him back, and you can keep Kim where he's pitching right now. Did have a little bit of a potential back flare-up during his start in the fourth inning of the game on Monday, but he was able to throw a couple warm-up pitches, stay in the game. That's just something to keep an eye on, though, because KK has had a history of back issues this season, especially basically it's cost him close to a month of, of total action as he missed the first few weeks of the season with the back out of spring and then missed another week and a half or two weeks later in the season when it flared up on him. So definitely we'll want to keep an eye on that and make sure that KK is able to remain healthy because he's really starting to hit his stride. If the back can cooperate and his body can, can allow him to continue on this pace, Wainwright, KK, you're starting to see things come together for Carlos Martinez as well, though he had a little bit of a mishap having to leave Sunday's outing early due to a bruised thumb. And that was a situation where he injured it batting. Mike Schilt talked about Monday, the fact that they're putting more take signs on for their pitchers. They can't really afford to lose anybody in that situation. Brandon Waddell was one of the relievers that was thrust into action on Sunday due to the Carlos injury. And when he took his at bat, he had the straight take sign, like take until you strike out. We don't want to see you getting injured when the Cardinals have already dealt with plenty of injuries. And a lot of those pitcher injuries have had to do with events that have taken place at the plate. KK hurt himself, his back, you know, the, the second time it flared up on him was when he was trying to beat out a ground ball to first base, going 110 miles per hour and everything he does. That's the way he plays the game and you respect the hell out of it. But at the same time, Cardinals kind of, kind of pick and choose their battles with regard to the, the extra strain on pitchers and, and not having them available for the real reason you have them on the major league roster to pitch. Forget the hitting, forget the other stuff. And you could hear it in Mike Schilt's voice on Monday in the pregame where he basically said, you know, that's another example, talking about Carlos with the thumb, another example of the pitchers hitting this season after not doing so last year, basically coming back to bite the Cardinals in 2021. He said, yeah, I'm a fan of the National League style of play, but I think it's about time for the DH. He didn't say those words exactly, but the sentiment seemed to be, you know, it just didn't make sense for pitchers to hit this season. Is You know, he was a little more political about it at the beginning of the year when you'd ask Mike Schilt about it and, and talking about our pitchers want to be able to help themselves and contribute, et cetera. But the more we've seen these injuries come about, it's like, okay, this has been – He's a little bit more candid about the fact that this was not probably very well thought out by MLB, especially when everybody and their brother knows that in 2022, pitchers aren't going to hit. It's it's not official, but it's about as certain as it's going to get at this point in time that there will be DH universally in 2022. So it's like after you did in 2020, why wouldn't you just keep it that way? Why add an extra wrinkle? But it, it's got to be collectively bargained. It's got to be agreed upon by both sides. And, I think the problem with that was the owners were trying to use it as a bargaining chip rather than, you know, they were, they were trying to get something in return for that rather than what ought to have happened is both sides say, hey, let's stop being stupid. We're both cool with this being the case. Let's do it for the best interest of the players. But they kind of got in their own way on that one. And so as a result, you've seen some injuries across the game with pitchers batting and, and the Cardinals, I think, have been as impacted as any club. With regard to that, good news, though, on Carlos is that Mike Schilt doesn't think it's going to be an injured list situation for him. I don't know if he has to pitch again before the All-Star break. I guess he would because the Cardinals have 
couple more games against the Giants before heading to Wrigley over the weekend, which I will be covering that series. So uh, going to have to make sure in my Airbnb uh, that I have a spot to podcast, but I will bring the equipment up to Chicago to be able to talk with you guys. So I'm really excited about that. Thanks for bearing with me, by the way, through the holiday weekend. Birthday, July 1st, so we always kind of make it a big to-do with the family uh, to have fun over the holiday weekend coinciding with July 4. And so apologize for missing some podcasts recently, but we're back on the wagon now and ready to talk some Cardinals baseball and what will hopefully be a very compelling July as I, you know, I know the Cardinals are not where they want to be as far as the standings are concerned. And I know a lot of fans are, you know, I've seen some apathy. I've seen people wondering if, if, you know, we're already three months into the season, but is it a lost cause at this point for the Cardinals to be considered contenders for the postseason? You look at their place in the standings. They're their fourth place team right now. Good news is the Cubs have lost 10 in a row. Good news for the Cardinals, not so much for Chicago. So the Cardinals are actually just a half game back of the Cubs now for third. It's the Reds who have kind of stationed themselves comfortably in the driver's seat for second place in the Central. Brewers had rattled off eight straight wins, and now they've lost a couple in a row. So the Cardinals, I believe I saw a stat tonight that the Cardinals won on a night the Brewers lost for the first time since June 16th. So it's been a few weeks. The Cardinals have simply not been able to gain any ground on Milwaukee, who's playing some really good baseball. Perhaps they'll begin to let up a little bit. Cardinals nine games back in the division. For a moment there, they were closer to the Pirates in last than they were Milwaukee in first. That has since changed. But yeah, the Cardinals have got a lot of work to do, and so you're going to have to do it against good teams because we talked about that stretch of baseball kind of toward the end of June, early July that concluded with the Rockies where you were going to play a bunch of losing teams in a row and for about 20 games you, you had a chance to to make some noise in the standings. Instead, the Cardinals actually fell backwards going 9-11 and 11 over that stretch of teams with losing records instead of like the 14-6 and six or maybe 15-5 and five that they really could have used. If you had that kind of run against bad teams, you'd be right there in the mix in the central second place, just two, three games back of the Brewers. Instead, you've got a lot of work to do, and the Cardinals certainly do have that. So instead of winning against the bad teams, now they're going to have to try and do something that they haven't really been able to do prior to this point in the season. Let's beat good teams. Right now, the the Giants are definitely qualifying as that. They're still leading a very tough NL West. Half game above the Dodgers, a little bit even more above the San Diego Padres by four games. And so Cardinals, as they wrap up the first half of the season, quote-unquote half, like we've already played more than half of the games, but you go to San Francisco, then the Cubs, and then you have the Cubs at San Francisco again, but back at home at Busch Stadium after the All-Star break. So Cubs, the last time we talked about them, were considered a good team that the Cardinals are going to have to get it done against. Right now they're 0-10 in their last 10, and so they have actually slipped below 500 as well, dealing with a lot of problems offensively in their bullpen. The pitching is not held up the way that it was for them earlier in the season, and suddenly the darn Reds have won five in a row. So things seem to be topsy-turvy in the NL Central. It's kind of been that way all season long. Cardinals still with plenty of distance and room in the, in the calendar to be able to make their move. They're actually 6-4 and four in their last 10 if you're looking for a little bit of a positive, but certainly they did not get enough done against those bad teams like the Rockies, like the Pittsburgh Pirates who beat the Cardinals for a series. You do sweep the D-backs, but I'm telling you what, those D-backs, that might be one of the worst teams I've ever seen covering a, a baseball team since 2016. They, I mean, I, the Marlins were pretty damn bad a few years ago. I remember like 2016-17 range. It seemed like 
they had Marcelo Zuna still in their outfield, but everything else about them was just pitiful. But the, the Diamondbacks are horrifyingly bad. 23 and 63 at this point in the season. Uh, yeah, it's it's not good for them. So if you didn't sweep that team as the Cardinals, we didn't get to talk about this after Wednesday's game. But basically, if you didn't sweep that team, that's an indictment of you. You have got to sweep the D-backs. And the Cardinals did. Uh, took care of business against them for the season series. I believe in seven games, they won six of them. So you'll take that. Now they got to figure out a way to do it against some other teams. And Monday was a good step in that direction against the, the, the San Fran Giants. For the Cardinals now, though, it's got to be get to starting pitcher. Get a, get get something against Johnny Cueto on Tuesday so you can support Adam Wainwright. Be able to find some positive momentum. And let some of these guys in your lineup that should be carrying you start finding ways to do so. I'm talking Goldie. I'm talking Arenado. Tyler O'Neill has been out for a couple of days. Did make a pinch hit appearance. Tonight, Cardinals hoping that his injury situation after taking a ball off the... It wasn't the pinky. They said originally it was the pinky. Got hit by the pitch, but it was another finger on his hand. And so he's supposed to be able to not have to go injury list. Did make a pinch hit appearance tonight. Cardinals hoping to get him back in the lineup as early as Tuesday. We'll wait and see if that ends up happening. But the Cardinals, definitely an opportunity here, especially with the Cubs reeling, to sort of simplify their situation in the division. If you're able to get over Chicago, then you can kind of set your sights on the Reds, figure out what you're going to do for the second half of the season. See where the injuries can potentially turn in your favor if you get a couple of starting pitchers back. And then that'll hopefully allow the deck to be set a little bit more for Mosellock to decide what he needs to do with regard to supplementing the roster that the Cardinals already have in place. They still got a few weeks to be able to do that before July 31. I don't know that the Cardinals are going to be particularly active, but things could certainly change depending on how they play over the next couple of weeks. This is typically the time of year when John Mosellock looks to the markets and tries to figure out whether or not the Cardinals can find a fit out there, whether or not this roster is is worth adding to in terms of 2021, or do you have to make a move that would help you now, help you in the future? Does it open the door for rentals? What's the Cardinals' strategy going to be? They're not going to be sellers. People keep saying, well, can they sell? What can they sell? They don't have anything to sell, honestly. You're not going to trade Yachty or Wayno in their last potential year. I mean, you could, but I think it would be a boneheaded move after you did everything you did to make sure you brought him back into the fold for 2021. I, so you've got nobody on expiring contracts, really, to me, that would be very attractive, that would make a lot of sense. KK, I guess, but honestly, you should probably consider bringing him back as well. I think you could do so pretty affordably based on the fact that he's got a familiarity now and a comfort in St. Louis, uh, you know, the only American city that he's known. And so if you need to add him for next year, I think you could do that. So I don't think the Cardinals should be looking to sell you, that's not the message you want to send to Nolan Arenado, who does have an opt-out, even though I don't think he's going to use it. You, you've got to continue to try. Th- anything can happen, right? Stranger things. I know the Cardinals are two games under 500 right now. I know when you look across this league, you've got the Dodgers and Padres pretty much wrapping up wild cards at the halfway point. Like The Cardinals are just as far back from those wild cards, essentially, as they are from the Brewers for the division. So things can change over the second half of the season, but... When you've got the situation of the National League, there's three teams that aren't in first place in their division that have a winning record. It's the Dodgers, Padres, and, and now the Reds currently. That's, I mean, you, you pretty much have things wrapped up. So more power to the Reds if they're able to fight their way into making the NL Central a two-bid league. Uh, two-bid league. It's like I'm talking about college football playoff. But I, 
I, I really don't think that the NL Central is getting two teams. So you're going to have to find a way for the Cardinals to beat out everybody in this division, including the Milwaukee Brewers, who have a sizable advantage right now. We'll see what the Cardinals are able to do, though, as July unfolds and then the rest of the season thereafter. I appreciate you guys, as always, for listening to Be Shaved Daily, for subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, for making sure to always hit that up when you see the new episode link drop making sure to listen and joining me. I love it when you uh, participate. Love getting your DMs on Twitter at bshafer12. Appreciate you guys, as always. We'll be coming right back to you tomorrow night, Tuesday night. It'll be a late one, so you'll probably want to go to bed and listen to the episode Wednesday morning. But Cardinals versus Giants, Wainwright versus Cueto should be a good one on Tuesday night. We'll be right here on Shape Daily to break it all down for you, and we'll talk to you next time on Shape Daily. Peace out.